0: My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. E.T. Home from Carpe Diem. Seize the day. There's no place like home. He's looking at you, kid. Do or do not. There is no try. They remember. Forever! the night they played the
1: Titans. Yeah! To infinity and beyond! Well, welcome back. So glad to have you guys for week four of our series called At The Movies. And in this series, we have been looking at the stories of Jesus, which are called parables, and we've been relating them to modern day stories or what we would call movies. Now we've said something about parables as we've been going through this series. we said that a parable is a story. It's a story with a truth in it told in a sticky way. In fact, we've said that there are sometimes surprising things inside of the parables and that we should be listening for what those are because that's usually what it is that contains the point for us to walk away with as we're looking at The parables. Now today, I have a surprise for you guys. You guys like surprises? Good. Because today's movie is one of the most iconic film series of all time, right? In fact, I promise that in the first opening line, in fact, you might even be able to just hear like a little bit of the opening montage and you're going to go, I know what that movie is. Now if you already know you like have an idea or maybe you've been let in on the secret don't tell anybody next to you right don't tell anybody next to you about what that movie is just yet instead say it with me we're going to say lights camera action here we go lights Lights. camera action
0: Skywalker. Master Skywalker. I'm from the Resistance, your sister Leia sent me. We need your help. Hello? Go away.
1: Star Wars, right? The epic battle between light and darkness. In fact, we could the movies just using the Star Wars films course if we did that my wife wouldn't show up to any of them she'd probably boycott everything because she is not a fan of the star wars movies she would just tell you i just don't watch them she knows what they are maybe i don't know she made a joke to me the other day that she was talking to somebody who got married on may the fourth and she's like how is that star trek thing going yeah yeah but here it is the last jedi right ray has gone to find luke and she has invited him back in fact she is beseeching him she is begging him come back to save all of the jedis come back to save the empire you need to come back and again and again luke refuses to come He's having difficulty with the request that she's making of him. You know, it's interesting that the parable that we're going to look at today has another Luke who has struggles with something right from the very beginning. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to open them up to the Gospel of Luke. Whole different guy than what's in the, what's in the movie, right? The Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. Now you can use your, your Bible or your Bible app, doesn't really matter. You know, it's interesting, one commentator noted about the section that we're about to read that Luke, the gospel writer, struggled so much with this parable that Jesus is about to tell that he tried to give you the answer and the key to the parable before the parable even got told. Yeah, so look with me. Here it is, verse 1. It says this, and he told them a parable. So this is Luke writing. It says he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. There it is. Here's Luke's interpretation of the parable that we're about to read. This is kind of like that moment where um, you walk into the room, you know that something has happened, and your kid looks at you and says, he did it, right? First thing out of their mouth, and you're like, there's a lot more to the story here than what that just is and I need to hear more of the story but you know that there's already an accusation about everything that's going on and so Luke has already tried to help us out to frame this parable that we're gonna hear by telling us what he thinks Jesus was teaching about right and so we're gonna look at it and I want to hear the rest of the story from Jesus before I go oh that's great Luke that's exactly what Jesus was saying right so let's look at the rest of it in fact You know, before I do that, Winston Churchill, right, he talked about this passage to a group of graduates one time. I know, it's odd to believe that Winston Churchill did that. And he gave one of the shortest speeches of all time. He got up and he said, I can't do the accent. If you're expecting like a Winston Churchill accent right now, like, I, I just can't do it. But he said, never give up. Never give up. That's exactly what Luke says that we should get from this passage. But Jesus begins to tell a story. And I think I want us to hear something a little bit different from this story. So here it is. Jesus said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. Now there were three different types of judges in that day right the first type of a judge was there was 71 judges they made up the great Sanhedrin or the larger Sanhedrin they were like our Supreme Court right they were the top dogs they knew everything about the law they were religious scholars they knew all of the Old Testament frontwards and backwards and they knew all of the oral law and traditions and when it came down to somebody who was gonna make a judgment call about what the law taught it was these 71 guys and actually, that, that structure went all the way back to the days of Moses, the guy who rescued the Israelites from Egyptian slavery. They're walking out, and he's like, I can't lead all of these people. And Jethro, his father-in-law, says, here's what you need to do. You need to appoint some leaders over some different things. And so he set up a structure of 70 judges. 70 judges. You say Wait a second! I thought you said it was 71 yeah because then he had one person who was over that which was the high priest or at that time his brother-in-law Aaron and so it created a structure of 71 judges Now that's the first kind of judge that this could have been but it's probably not who this was because Jesus gave a description about this guy as somebody who did not fear God now it could have been the second type of judge which was the lower Sanhedrin now, the lower Sanhedrin was 23 judges that met in every single one of the cities, all of the major cities. Now, I was like, how many major cities were around at the time of Jesus? Here's what I learned. A major city, in order to qualify, had to have 120 households. 120 households qualified as a major city. I was like, Whoa, time out. We have some neighborhoods that would qualify as major cities in the day that Jesus was there that... And there's probably some neighborhoods that need a council of 23 judges in them, right? I'm <laughs> just saying, I've heard about your neighborhood, Justin. <laughs> but 23 judges who then would, they were to help to govern these major cities and these families that existed inside of these cities and to give guidance and and help them to obey the law as best they could. And any time that it got beyond their capacity and their control or something that was beyond what they knew and understood about the law, then it went on up to the greater Sanhedrin, the large group of 71. But this group, again, came from religious scholars and scribes. So it was probably not this type of judge either that Jesus was talking about because they also feared God. But there was a third type of judge... It was a magistrate. They existed in all of the villages, in all of the towns, all of the city centers, and they were not religious because they were appointed by Rome. They were the ones who oversaw your civil cases. They were the ones who oversaw any type of murders or anything that had to do with a punishment against Rome. And these guys were as loved as tax collectors and Roman soldiers. Right? In fact, I can almost hear the crowd as he announced that there was a certain judge in a city who neither feared God nor man. I can almost hear the crowd going, boo, Hiss! you know, that kind of thing, because these guys would have been hated. And so the fact that there's this guy who is not doing anything right or just, they'd have been like, that's who we know to be the judges. They're all corrupt. And only if you have enough money to pay them off can you get what kind of justice you want and so we have this judge that is there but jesus continues on the story and he sets up a second character he says there was a widow in that city who kept coming to that judge and saying give me justice against my adversary give me justice against my adversary And you know we don't know a lot about this woman we know that she was a widow and some scholars have said that she was probably poor and destitute and didn't have a lot of things i read another one who said that's probably not the case because if she was poor and living meal to meal she wouldn't have had the time to go to the judge day after day after day and i thought what an interesting picture i never would have thought of that but we don't know how she was financially Others have said, well, she wouldn't have had a place to be able to go to the court to be heard. And they're right, as far as the Sanhedrin was concerned, a woman did not have rights. In fact, she couldn't even testify inside of it because her testimony was not given any sort of credence inside of the courts. But this was not the Sanhedrin. It was a Roman court. And the Romans had a different view of women. They could serve in the workplace. They could have jobs and money and resources. So she is not coming seeking for some sort of religious thing that's going on. No, she's beseeching the Roman courts for something that's happened. And most likely, because they oversaw the murders, it was probably the murder of her husband or her son. And she is seeking for not just for justice, but she is seeking for vengeance. She wants this judge to set everything right. And really, that's the same kind of request that Rey is making of Luke as she comes to him. She's saying, I want you to come back to set everything right. Let's check it out.
0: There's no light left in Kylo Ren. He's only getting stronger. The First Order will control all the major systems within weeks. We need your help. We need the Jedi Order back. We need Luke Skywalker. You don't need Luke Skywalker. Did you hear a word I just said? You think what? I'm gonna walk out with a laser sword and face down the whole First Order? What did you think was going to happen here? You think that I came to the most unfindable place in the galaxy for no reason at all? Go away. I'm not leaving without you. I know this place. Built a thousand generations ago. To keep these. The original Jedi texts. Just like me. They're the last of the Jedi religion. You've seen this place. You've seen this island? Only in dreams. Who are you? The Resistance sent me. They sent you. What's special about you? Where are you from? Nowhere. No one's from nowhere. Jakku. All right, that is pretty much nowhere. Why are you here, Ray? from nowhere? The Resistance sent me. We need your help. The first has become unstoppable. Why are you here? Something inside me has always been there. But now it's awake. And I'm afraid what it is, what to do with it, and I need help. You need a teacher. I can't teach you. Why not? I've seen your daily routine, you're not busy. I will never train another generation of Jedi. I came to this island to die. It's time for the Jedi to end. they sent me here with hope if she was wrong she deserves to know why we all do
1: you know i can almost hear the judge asking the same question of that widow who are you who are you that you get to make this request of me look back with me at verse 4 Jesus continues on and he says that while the judge refused for a while, afterward he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect man, because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says now if there's anywhere if there's anywhere in a passage that you should pause and go whoop, wait what just happened this is probably it when Jesus calls back attention to something you should probably stop and go what did he just call attention to and why right Jesus just said did you hear the unrighteous judge and listen to what he says and Jesus continues on because he wants them to catch and he wants us to catch what it is that happened in this moment and he says this explanation he says will not God give justice to his elect who cried to him day and night will he delay long over them instead I tell you he will give justice to them speedily the persistence of that widow it's linked to something it's linked Not just to prayer but it's linked to a specific kind of prayer and it is the prayer for the coming of Jesus right now we miss this because Jesus here is encouraging his followers that no matter what happens to pray and we understand that we're like yeah of course and we go okay if I pray persistently then that means that God eventually will wear down and give me whatever it is that I'm praying for "Ah, wrong That is not what purpose of prayer is. That is not what prayer is for. Here is the purpose of prayer. Don't miss this. The purpose of prayer is not to get God's power, but it is to pursue His heart and His passion. Let me say that again. The purpose of prayer is not to get God's power. So when we persistently pray, we are not persistently praying because it's some magic genie bottle that if we rub this we get three wishes and whatever we say is what's going to come true no instead we are to pray for the purposes of pursuing after God's heart and God's passion let me say it a little bit different way prayers do not change our minds excuse me prayers do not change God's mind nearly as much as they are designed to change our heart Now, that is a radical view of what prayer is, right? Because we go, wait a second, why do we pray then? That's why. Because our hearts, God is willing to give us the desires of our heart, but He first wants the desires of our heart to be aligned with the desires of His heart. That's big. He wants to give you the desires of your heart but he wants your desires of your heart to be aligned with his heart because then when you're praying the prayer your kingdom come your will be done on earth guess who's the ones who do it on earth Us. listen Jesus is saying that we should be praying and we should be praying for his return We should be praying for vengeance. Yeah, woohoo, right? But in a moment, when you hear that, you're like, wait a second. And I think this is why Luke struggled at the very onset. and He's like, hey, I'm gonna give you the whole category and I'm gonna put this in a box for you as you get ready to read it, because how in the world can Jesus be telling all of his prayers to persistently pray, and by the way, be praying for my return, which means that vengeance will come and know that I will not tarry or delay. It will happen one day. How in the world does that marry with the rest of the Christian message, right? how does that marry with turn the other cheek how does that marry with go the extra mile how does that marry with any of those messages how does that marry with love one another to be praying for Jesus to return and I think Luke is telling us he's struggling with this as much as we should struggle with this right because how is it that we Can even pray such a thing who would even pray such a thing by the way jesus answers the question of who should pray such a thing look with me back at verse 7 it says the elect anyone who is a jesus follower is the elect Now let me see if I can muddies the waters up really good because it's a really difficult concept about what the elect is. So I'm going to throw as much mud and dirt and water all together, stir it all together so we have no clear picture of what this is by the time it's all said and done. So if you don't understand it by the time you walk out of here, it's okay. All right? It's okay. But here's what I want you to understand. We only get to come to God because Jesus first chose us. Right? It's like this. You can only answer the door after somebody knocks on it or rings your doorbell. You can at that moment choose, do I want to get up and open the door? Do I want to get up and respond to it? Or do I want to ignore it? And as much as I don't understand how Jesus chooses which doors he knocks on, and maybe He knocks on all of them the elect are those who get up and answer the door because we have to respond to something that Jesus did first now nonetheless nonetheless the elect are those who have chosen to follow Jesus and are the ones who get to and are instructed to pray persistently And they are the ones that are praying for the day that Jesus will return.
0: I'm sorry. I know. I know you are. I'm just glad you're here. At the end. I came to face him, Leia. And I can't save him. I held out hope for so long, but. I know my son's gone. No one's ever. Buster, no.
1: every gun we have to fire on that man.
0: you got him. Now, if we're ready to get moving, we can finish this. Sir?
1: the door covered and don't advance until i say
0: supreme leader don't get distracted i'll go right away sir
1: you come back to say you forgive me?
0: To save my soul? No. I'm sorry. I'm sure you are. The resistance is dead. The war is over. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong.
1: So we're given an instruction to pray for the return of Jesus. But can I be honest with you for a second? I'm not ready for Jesus to return. And I think that, I think that more than anything, that this is what Luke struggled with too. I, I mean, sure, I want Jesus to return. In fact, the other day as I was watching the news and I heard another story uh, of a school shooting, I was like, there is no answer to these school shootings it doesn't matter if revival was to sleep across our country there are still sinful hearts that exist and people that intend to do harm and those kinds of things are still going to happen until the day that jesus comes back and from that standpoint i long for my jesus to come back but listen when he does there is no more salvation Just like when Luke came to Leia and he said, I can no longer save him because I'm here. When Kylo Ren looks at him and he says, are you here to forgive me? And he's like, no, it's done. That time is over. When Jesus comes back, the day of salvation is gone. There is no more salvation when Jesus returns and you guys are amazing we are coming up on six months of being a church and in the first six months we have baptized six people we have seen six brand new people who have come to know who Jesus is for the very first time in fact not only that we have a baptism celebration coming up in August and we were just doing some counting on our fingers of some of them that we know there are five more baptisms that are sitting out there yeah amen is right but here's the problem if Jesus comes back tomorrow my friend Teresa my neighbor Mike all go to hell and I don't want that and I my prayer today more than anything is that you don't want that That you're like, Jesus, while I want you to come back, I pray that you tarry a little bit longer, that you wait a little bit longer so that my neighbor can come to know who you are, so that my friends can come to know who you are, so that my family can come to know who you are. Because when you come back, that's it. It's over. You want to know why I think Jesus said that we should persistently pray that he comes back? I think it's because it keeps the message in front of us. In fact, He look looked down with me just a little bit longer on down the very last verse of this parable. It says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith? Will he find people of faith? Will he find people who have been living out the mission? You see, we say that a Jesus follower is anybody, anybody who is committed to living out the mission and the message of Jesus Christ. And the church is a collection of people who are committed to living out the mission and the message of Christ. Listen, this whole thing is about the M. And if you put the M together, guess what that spells? It spells them. It's not about us that are sitting here inside of this room, right? Because let's be honest about it, If he was to come back and we were just all gathered in here in our holy huddle and not sharing the message with them then we will not be found faithful because he did not call us to come and sit in a holy huddle together he called us to take the mission and the message to all of those who don't know it and the whole purpose behind why it is that we are to pray persistently for him to come back is so we don't forget it that we don't forget that he is coming and that we would be found faithful doing the mission that we be faithful giving the message. The whole point is for our friends. Listen, when Stephanie and I started this church, here's what I wanted more than anything else. Is that this would be a place that everybody could come to. I sat at a conference this week over in California at a m- massive church. They have forty to 50,000 people a weekend. But one of my favorite stories is from the very first couple of months while they were in existence. And they ran into a guy that was a biker guy. And he said, hey, could I come to your church? And the pastor said, sure, you could come. He said, no, no, no. Here's what I mean. He said, could I come to your church? Would I be accepted at your church? He's like, yeah, you'd be accepted at my church. He said, yeah, but like, can I wear like all my biker stuff and have all my tattoos? And can I bring my friends? He said, I pray that you do. He said, the first wedding that he did a few months later was a biker wedding. He said, You've never done a wedding until you've done a biker wedding. Listen, friends, I want biker weddings, right? I want, I want the person who nobody wants in their church to be in our church because I want them to know that Jesus loves them, that they are accepted. And listen, sure we're gonna do our job of things on Facebook we're gonna do our thing of mailing stuff out we're gonna put our signs out and some of you that's how you found us but you know what that's not the best way to find somebody because at the end of the day everybody has two needs need number one is they need to know that they're loved And the second thing they need to know is, is that they're needed I want our community to know that they are loved Beyond all measure. I want them to know that they're needed here. That's my prayer. As I'm praying persistently for Jesus to come. Is that we would see a lot of days of salvation. Before the day of the return. Let's pray. You know some of you. They're sitting in here if you were honest and you said you know what if Jesus came back tomorrow I don't know that I would get to go with him and if that's you and you're sitting here and you say you know what I want to I want to know that I want to know what it is about that on your card in just a moment when we have our offering would you just write the word Jesus follower on there I'll call you this week and we'll talk about what it means to be a Jesus follower, about how it is that you can answer the door to become a Jesus follower. Most of you in the room, though, you're already a Jesus follower. And I'm going to ask you to do something different. On your card, I want you to think of one, maybe two names. A friend, a neighbor, a coworker. Somebody who you don't know if they know Jesus. I want you to write their name down. Because I want to be praying with you about that person. Because I want to see that person that you write down come to know Jesus too. Jesus, I thank you for a kick in the pants today for myself. Jesus, I do want you to return one day, but I only want it to be after everybody here in Australia knows your name. I only want it to be after the greater city of Goodyear has come to be known as a good place with great Christians who are passionately following you. God, may it all start now, today. Today. In your precious and holy name we pray.